Welcome to the Smeichel Speaks podcast channel. I'm Joanne Smeichel, and I'm delighted that you tuned in for relevant leadership learning that will help you continue to soar. Enjoy this episode. What would happen if you behaved like you were authorized in every sphere of your life? What would happen? I heard a sermon by Reverend Virgil Hammett, and he talked about being authorized to accomplish, to serve, and to do good work in the world. And it made me think about my own life. What if I behaved like I was authorized to do the things I want to do, but have delayed because of fear, hesitance, procrastination? What would change if I felt like I were authorized? What would change in all of our lives if we behaved with the assurance that we're authorized to do more, to be more, to see more? I want to think about what it means to be authorized. The dictionary says it means having official permission or approval. It's an endorsement. It means that we're sanctioned by authority. It means we're empowered, enabled, and entitled to act. And that authority is us. The authority is not external. It is internal. The official permission or approval comes from us. It comes from inside of us. So my question is, what would be different in your life if you authorized yourself instead of waiting for external validation or external motivation or external approval? I'm working with a leader who has a lot of uncertainty about her performance. Now, please know she's capable, she's competent, and she's well-prepared. So the problem isn't that she's not ready. The problem is that she doesn't take initiative. She waits, she waits, she waits. She waits for the VP of her department to tell her what to do next. (sighs) We're at a point now where things may come to a head because the perception is that she lacks initiative and confidence. But the sad part about it is she's got great ideas, and those ideas would make a positive difference in her part of the enterprise. In our work together, what we're working on is trying to figure out why she's waiting for the go-ahead. Well, so far, we've discovered she's afraid to fail, and you know that's not uncommon. But By trying not to fail, you've already failed because you haven't done anything. As I'm working with this woman, I'm asking her to identify all of her successes and what it took to accomplish those things. When she started the assignment, she was really uncomfortable with it. She said it made her feel like she was bragging or boastful. But as she persisted and continued to work on it for a few weeks, she found herself filled with some pride for all that she's done and is doing. And that's the mindset shift that's required for us to be authorized in our own lives. You know, we're better prepared to self-authorize when we can look back at our track record and see a long list of accomplishments. Many of them are things we forgot or we took for granted or we overlooked. Now, I'm not saying that we're not going to see some losses in the past. I'm saying that they will be far outweighed by the wins. I'm going to tell you something about myself for a minute and my own very recent failure to authorize. I love, love, love the outreach ministry at my church. I mean, I love serving in this ministry. I love the leadership and I love the service that we perform for all of God's children. 
the women who lead the ministry are both in their late 70s and they're looking for their successors. One morning they asked me if I would be the next leader. And my immediate response was no. Actually, it was heck no. And the reasons that I gave are that I'm not retired. I still work full time. I have a lot of responsibilities and I do other volunteer service. Now, I'm going to tell you the truth. The the truth is that I'm not sure I can live up to Dot and Mary. They took a rundown trailer and made it one of the best food pantries in our county. They used to serve, oh, 30 people a month, and now we're at over 320. Yeah. They eat, they sleep, they drink service. They drink feeding people, loving people. It's their lives. So... When I started thinking about the real reason, the real reason is I just don't know that I could do as stellar a job with the ministry that Dot and Mary do. They're my role models for Christian service. They don't need accolades. They just work to feed and clothe God's people. As I kept explaining why I can't do it, it became more and more clear to me that I really can, but I don't want to let them down. I don't want to be the jerk that didn't build on their solid foundation. And I'm not sure that I want to have any involvement in church politics. In fact, I know I don't. So what I decided is I'm going to face my fears. I'm going to face my reservations. I'm going to pray for guidance. I'm going to pray for wisdom and discernment and move forward. We agreed on a five-year succession plan. Knowing my own limitations and the areas where I need to grow, I asked if we could change the model to have co-directors of the ministry and the food pantry. There's this awesome woman at my church. Her name's Jenny. She's a kind soul. She's a hard worker, and she is fully committed. And I asked if we could do it together. It's going to be a good balance because we'll have each other for support and we'll be able to learn from each other. I know I can learn a lot from Jenny. She's got a totally different personality and a totally different approach that's going to help me grow. She's very soft-spoken and pensive, so we'll balance each other out because you know I'm not soft-spoken. She also knows a lot more about the mechanics of the operation. She understands grants. She understands financial appeals. She understands working with the food bank and with local merchants. So I know she's going to be a great teacher for me. You know, sometimes we block our own authorization by looking for that external validation. I've got a friend who needs for everyone to encourage her before she makes a decision. It's like she doesn't trust herself or her own really good judgment. One of the things she's working on is not making her decisions by surveying everyone else. She's finding she gets a lot of conflicting thoughts and opinions when she's asking her friend circle what they think before she makes a decision. And she's trying hard to trust herself to move in the direction that's best for her. The funny thing about external validation is this. What other people think is right for your life may be the exact opposite of what you want or need to do. It's so important to be in touch with your core values, to have a very small number of trusted advisors, and then make the decision based on what you know or believe is best for you. 
That's how we behave when we're authorized. We trust our instincts. We trust our thoughts. You know, thinking more about authorization, when we do it for ourselves, we're acting for our personal benefit and often for the benefit of others. Think about this. Let's say you take an unpopular stand at work because you know there are negative ramifications of a decision. This happened to Allie. She's a a physician client. The administrators at her center were intentionally double booking patients to rev up revenue. Allie was concerned because it forced her and her team to cut visits short. It made them feel like they weren't serving patients to the best of their ability. They were running late on seeing patients. Patients were getting frustrated and they were exhausted. Doctors, nurses, everybody was grumbling about it. So she got tired of the grumbling and scheduled a meeting with the senior leadership. She came prepared with information on patient wait times, staff turnover, errors in treatment notes, and just a lot of other stuff that was really germane to the issue. She explained that she, in good conscience, would not continue to work like that. She made a strong case for how the mission of the organization and the core values that were touted about compassionate care, high levels of service, love for the patients, love for everybody else. She explained how this double booking practice was contradictory to the mission. Her true act of self-authorization was to go into the schedule and remove her double bookings. Now, I will tell you, the leadership was stunned at her moxie, but they no longer required her to be double booked, and they rescinded that practice. None of that would have happened if Allie hadn't authorized herself to make change. She acknowledged the fact that it was a risk, but she knew it was a risk worth taking. Comfort, comfort with calculated risks is certainly an element in the ability to self-authorize. We got to believe that the view is worth the climb, and then we got to head up to the peak. Sometimes we have to self-authorize for self-care. I'm naturally frugal. Some people say I'm cheap. So getting my mani and petty is something that I have to really give myself permission to do. In fact, I'm going to do it today. I have to have a mental conversation about how it makes me feel better and look better. I talk to myself about how it's an investment in my brand. That self-talk liberates me for self-authorization to spend money on those kinds of indulgences. Thinking about self-care and self-authorization, I have been working with a really busy, 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 busy executive, and she told me that part of her self-authorization is at home. She decided to create a shared calendar with her husband, and that calendar included him in taking responsibility for meals and kid care. This was a new concept for both of them. She was a little leery when she came up with the idea. She didn't know how he'd respond. Eventually, they became able to collaborate on creating the calendar. And she no longer apologized for going to the gym or going out with friends. She made the mental shift to understanding that this personal time wasn't a gift from her husband. It was a gift from herself for herself. You know, 
There are lots of ways to self-authorize and lots of areas in our lives where we can do it. But fundamental is the belief that we're powerful agents in our lives and in our world. Before I wrap up, I want to go a little deeper on agency. It's a term that's used a lot, and I don't know that we... I don't know that we explore it deeply enough to really understand it. So I want to tell you, it has four components. First one is self-mastery. And that's how we grow and better ourselves. Second one is status or victory. And this is all about esteem. That's self-esteem and esteem among our peers. The third component of agency is achievement and responsibility. This is what you're trusted to do and what you actually get done and get done well. The last one is empowerment. That's number four. This last element of agency is all about the permission we give ourselves to get things done. It's also about knowing that we've got power to get things done. When we have a belief, this belief in ourselves, in agency, um, that's when it becomes natural to act on our own behalf, to advocate for ourselves with power and with authority. Yep, it's about agency, believing we can and then acting on that belief. When we self-authorize, we know we can enact change in our own lives and in the world around us. We know we've got free will and are comfortable acting independently to exercise that will. When we authorize ourselves, we demonstrate a determination that can make a difference. We face our fears and we keep moving forward. Isn't that what we want to make a difference? You are authorized. Make a difference. Make meaning. Make the most of your one and only precious life. Thanks for listening to this podcast. I hope you got tools that you'll actually use and share. Subscribe if you haven't already. I add new and relevant leadership learning all of the time. If you haven't visited the Smichael Speaks YouTube channel, check it out. There's all sorts of new content. All of this is virtual leadership learning that will help you soar.